Hello and welcome to Threaded Together, a podcast that stitches together home sewing and high fashion. We're your hosts. I'm Tracy. I'm Rebecca. And in today's episode, we'll be sharing how we met, what we're working on, and what to expect from this podcast in the future. Hello and welcome to our first episode for Threaded Together. We are so excited to have you. We are thrilled to be here and hosting this podcast. Before we jump in, make sure you give us a thumbs up on Apple Podcast and leave us a great review. Since you are in for another 30 minutes or so of learning about our sewing and design journeys, what we are working on currently and how a chance meeting at a couture tailoring course last summer turned into this podcast threaded together. And don't forget to find us on social media at Threaded Together Podcast. If you're a visual person and want to see what we're working on and keep up with us between podcasts, maybe even keep us a little accountable, (laughs) just give us a follow. We'll link our socials and any patterns or other information we mention in the show notes below. Now let's get into it. During every episode of Threaded Together, we'll start with Tracy and I sharing what we're currently working on in our home sewing spaces. And Tracy, you've just finished a project, haven't you? Yes, I've just finished making some jeans. Um, The jeans are in a cone mill, raw and salvaged denim, and they're beautiful. Oh, that sounds amazing. Now, have you made jeans before? Because most people, myself included, do not like making jeans. (laughs) So jeans have been on my to-do list for quite um, some time. A few years ago, I did a class at the New Craft House where oh. we made ginger jeans with Heather Lou from Closet Core Patterns. And I'm ashamed to say that this is the first pair of jeans that I've made independently <laughs> since <laughs> then. Um, I've used lots of the techniques that I learned in the class, like I've made, um, you know, done top stitching and worked with denim and done flies and stuff. But um, never a full pair of jeans. And Guthrie and Garney have got a sewing society where they have the pattern, the fabric, the notions, and a helpful video to like hold your hands as you work for a project. And oh, I wow. thought that, yeah, I thought it was the final push I needed to finally get me to make a pair of jeans. And they're amazing. It's so fabulous to have a pair of jeans that fit really nicely. Um, and I definitely want to make some more. <laughs> I'd like to tweak the fit a bit more, but it's just so, so nice to have made a pair of jeans. That sounds amazing. And like denim is is nothing to scoff at working with. So, wow. Well, first we're going to need links to everything you just mentioned in the show notes so that I too can check out all of that. Um, but Tracy, we've been talking about your top stitching technique for this jeans in our discussions lately. Is there anything you felt was like a big unlock or learning or aha moment when you were making this pair? Yeah, top stitching was something that I've done before but I've always used top stitching thread or heavy mm-hmm. duty thread. And I never knew that there was this denim thread, which is <laughs> the top stitching on denim. And it was much easier to sew with. And my machine just behaved beautifully. It was a real revelation for me. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. But after, after that, I just wanted a bit of a palette cleanser. So I've just got some pajama bottoms currently on my sewing machine. And what about you, Rebecca? What are you currently working on? Well, as you can probably hear from my voice, I've been sick for about a week and a half. So my default has been switched away from sewing to knitting or crochet while I'm just like trying to recover. Currently have about a quarter of a very open spider weave striped sweater that I'm working on. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I also do have a jumpsuit that's currently in progress that I'm really eager to finish 
It's a vintage 1970s pattern that I made with a dead stock, really heavy tweed. Mm -hmm. And the sewing method for the pattern is very much like that of a jacket with the collar and everything, which is really interesting. Mm. Um, And all I have left to do is finish the shoulder cuffs, do the buttonholes, uh, which will be bound buttons, and then Mm. hem the entire thing. So I'm like, oh, there's just a little bit left to do. But really, I mean, there's a a fair about... finishing finishing for me to do on that one and is there something keeping you from finishing it yes so I know you and I had chatted about this but I had all of this momentum and then ran into a fit issue with the arm that caused this great discussion that we actually had about uh doing an armhole adjustment in the pattern and drawing that out and seeing what that would actually take um, the root of the problem, as you know, Tracy, is I'm terribly impatient and never twall. And that, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, is how you end up with fit issues on a finished garment. Um, <laughs> that's a discussion for another episode. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> on to our main topic of the day, which is how we met and came up with this great idea for a podcast. I absolutely love attending classes around sewing. I really um, enjoy being able to learn new skills and techniques in a room full of like-minded people. And over the years, I've been to everything from embroidery, bra making, pattern making classes, and I kept being drawn to a course on tailoring. Tracy, quick question for you. Do you think it's because you've reached a level of proficiency in your sewing where technique and expertise are really what you're looking for to get to the next level? Because all of these topics seem fairly specialized. I think that learning new technique always help to get up to the next level. And every class offers you new techniques that you walk away from. But why were you at the class, Rebecca? I gravitate more towards classes that help me learn the end-to-end design, ideation, and creation of the fashion process. And I'd actually booked a holiday around taking classes last summer. Right before the in-person class where we met, I took a week-long sculptural 3D draping and pattern-making course from CSM that was virtual. And Mm -hmm. so then the tailoring course, which was immediately the week after, was more of a focus on construction for me. To be honest, I was not at the level that the class required from a knowledge standpoint. I'd only been sewing for six months at that point, uh, but I do have a background with hand sewing. Not that that really helped, but I thought the speed of the course, (laughs) well, pad stitching, right? But the the speed of the course, I thought would force me to upskill quickly. And I have to say it really did. So the course we met at last summer was a couture tailoring class at CSM. And the class was an intense short week course where we learned the skills to make couture jackets. And CSM that we're mentioning for any of you that are unfamiliar is just Central St. Martin's in London. It's considered to be one of the top fashion educations in the world, in part because of famous graduates like Alexander McQueen, John Galliano, Phoebe Philo is a big one, especially right now, and Stella McCartney, the list goes on. But back to our story, Tracy. Yes, let's get to the important part. It was in the middle of the heat wave in London. (laughs) We were sweltering. (laughs) It was so hot. We were surrounded by steaming irons in essentially (laughs) a greenhouse. We had a great time. There were three of us that really connected based on our backgrounds. We were all close in age, working in tech, and taking a week off of work to invest in our passion, which for all of us was a hobby and not our job. Yeah. And it was so amazing to spend a week with like-minded people. After the class, we set up a WhatsApp group where we started sharing projects. 
<laughs> Over time, the group chat evolved as we got to know each other better into this study and discussion of so many things that we weren't really finding anywhere else. We're talking yeah. about methods, techniques, and sharing so, so many resources. Absolutely. For example, I asked about tips on using bias silk organs on a sleep head. And Rebecca immediately pointed me to a Threads article on it and pulled an Isabel Morant blouse out of her wardrobe that used exactly that technique. Finally, my shopping habits are actually <laughs> benefiting somebody other than me. <laughs> and, and Tracy, though, you've been able to share your own finished garments to be able to answer questions in the chat, which has been such an amazing resource to learn from as well. I think one of the first things actually in the chat was sharing books to supplement the class that we were in. Speaking for myself, our discussions have absolutely shaped which books I've invested in, and I reference them all of the time for construction questions and details. Yeah, absolutely. The Kikyoa tailoring books, we were immediately sharing book titles with each other that covered some of the techniques we just learned, like the Claire Schaefer, Couture tailoring, and... Yeah the classic guide to sewing the perfect jacket. Then we'd be discussing the projects we were working on, our successes and failures along the way. And Rebecca, you always ask for the guts of the garment. <laughs> the guts of the garment when it's finished. Accountability. No, it's so much fun to share actually what the inside looks like when you take the time to make sure it's done beautifully. Over time, our discussion grew to involve current runway fashion, vintage fashion and sustainability. So naturally, we didn't want to keep all of this information to ourselves and thought it would be really interesting to share what we're learning, our experiences and different perspectives in a podcast format. So you can listen while you're sewing, crocheting, walking the dog, or even commuting to work. Wherever you listen to podcasts in your day, you can join us on our journey. And our aim with this podcast is to bridge the gap between home sewing and high fashion. We'll be looking at techniques in high fashion that can be used in home sewing, how to elevate your sewing, looking at runway trends, and all of this, of course, with a focus on sustainability. We plan on releasing one episode a month and have some really exciting subjects already in the pipeline. Oh, we do, Tracy. But first, we should probably tell you a little bit more about ourselves. So Tracy, why don't you kick us off? Tell us about yourself and your sewing journey. I'm Tracy. I live in London. I work in software, but as a hobby, I have been dressmaking for about six years. I learned to sew when I was little. I made scrunchies with my mom. I did textiles at school where we made shirts and skirts and so on, um, but never really touched it. After that, then I got a sewing machine from some friends for my birthday about 10 years ago. Wow. And I dabbled in the odd like cushion cover and similar projects, um, home furnishing projects. And then I think it's when Instagram just really came to life that I ah, okay. found this sewing world and it really uh, gave me the, the kick I needed to start dressmaking, which is what I wanted to do for years before. Tracy, when you say on Instagram, what type of content was it? Was it seeing other home sewers? Was it seeing designers? Like what was the kind of that impetus that, that got you to, to start trying on your own? It was a mixture of accounts. So there were amazing home sewers who just created mm -hmm. the most spectacular things. There was shops selling fabrics and sharing inspiration. And mm. then there was pattern companies. And it was all a new world, which had been hidden, I think, before the rise of Instagram. I, on the other hand, did not have much of a sewing background. Um, again, for everyone, I'm Rebecca. Hello. And I currently live in Stuttgart, Germany. 
I started sewing in December of 2021, uh, but my degree from college is in economics, so nothing even slightly related. Um, I grew up doing ballet, though, and spent my entire teen years hand sewing point shoes every night. So I did get pretty good with the hand stitch. Little did I know that that would pay off. Um, I also spent a lot of time being fitted for costumes throughout the years, actually really enjoy tailoring and fitting garments to my own body, which I know a lot of people hate doing, but Mm -hmm. strangely, I absolutely love to do that and don't find it very challenging. Tracy, what guides you as far as what you like to make? Well, I always like to learn something new with my mates. So be that working with a type of fabric I haven't worked with before or a different construction technique or a different finish. Um, I really love that you can continually learn and improve and there's just so much to learn. Oh, I love that. And it sounds like it keeps things pretty interesting too. It definitely does. Um, You though have more of a fashion background. I do, yes. I've been around the fashion world via, I guess what we used to call fashion vlogging for the past almost 10 years And I absolutely love high fashion and collect a lot of designer pieces secondhand. Uh, For me, the motivation to sew is to create things that either exist in my head that aren't available in the world to buy or to recreate something I love but could never afford or find. I also really love color, print, and texture. But most ready-to-wear doesn't incorporate that since really color and print don't sell very well. Mm -hmm. Um, Therefore, I have to make often what I can't find or afford out in the market. So Tracy, if you had to share which guides you more, is it a silhouette, do you think, that you decide to make first and then find the fabric? Or do you usually find fabric and then figure out what to sew? Oh, that's a great question. I think. Though, honestly, it depends. Sometimes I'll fall in love with a fabric and then I'll try to think, what is calling out to be made into? And then other Mm. times I'll have a vision in my head of what I want to make and I have to search out the fabric that matches that. Mm. What about you? Oh, that's so interesting. Um, Well, as I said, for me, I love color, texture and print, uh, but I buy almost all of my fabrics as vintage or dead stock. Therefore, I, everything I make is always very fabric driven. Um, but that also means I have a bit of a fabric stash problem, as one can imagine. Uh-huh. I don't think I've ever actually bought a new fabric just for a specific project. It's always how can I kind of bring the two things together or start with the fabric and work back into what it should be made into. Yeah, my husband will definitely tell you I have too much fabric. (laughs) (laughs) In every episode, we will finish off by sharing what we're excited to be working on next. And we will see next month if we've made the progress we intended to, or if something unexpected has got in our way. As often, life happens. This is our first episode, which is so exciting. But let's round off with what we, we are working on next. My plans in the next month are to finish the jumpsuit I was working on. 
since it is a tweed and it's starting to actually warm up everywhere. So it might get a little bit too warm to wear it, but I'm mm-hmm. also about to start working on top out of that fabric to match the blue neoprene trousers. I keep wearing absolutely everywhere. I mm-hmm. also have the fabric in a yellow in my head. I think it will only be a day long make, but in reality, it will probably take quite a while. Uh-huh. Um, I also plan to make one other pair of wide leg trousers actually is a third test of my wide leg pattern I've been using in a marigold gabardine that I've had since last year that I think is going to be just so gorgeous. Um, Mm. But that's what I'm working on next. That always sounds fabulous. And for the shirt, is that a pattern you have already? It's based on a pattern of a shirt that I have that's at least 10 years old and has been so loved. And unfortunately, it's kind of getting to the end of its life. So I'm going to trace it as a pattern and then add some cutouts, taking advantage of the stiffness of the fabric um, with that kind of neoprene weight to it. How about you, Tracy? Well, for my birthday, I got a very fancy bias tape maker that I'm excited to try out. So I'm thinking I'll make a coat and make the bindings a bit inside seams using it. Do you know what fabric you're going to use for the coat itself? Well, on our WhatsApp chat, we were talking a lot about fiber mood patterns, and I'm just persuaded to make that. <laughs> um, so Is it the sleeve snap off one? Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look forward to seeing how that comes together, Tracy. That's so exciting. And I hope you will too in our next episode is gonna be drumroll all things silk organza title to be workshopped (laughs) but yes silk organza it can be used for so many things and it's a hidden kind of superhero in the sewing world and if you want to know why you'll have to tune in for the next episode in the meantime i'm tracy and i'm rebecca and this has been do it on three one two three Thread it together. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you say it since I sound like a frog? Threaded Together podcast. See you next time. Looking forward to our next episode in a month. Make sure you give us a thumbs up on Apple Podcast or follow us on Spotify. You can find more details on what we discussed today in the show notes below. And for more behind the scenes and regular updates, you can find us on all social channels at Threaded Together Podcast. Thank you.